Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw Meets on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, Jim Smallman. Um, it's a good one this week. Got our first... WWE Hall of Famer, um, which is all right, with Diamond Dallas Page having a chat with me in just a while. Um, before I get into that, important plug for us to do um, is the live TNJ, the live Tuesday Night Jaw on Saturday, September the 9th. Saturday, September the 9th at noon at King's Place in London, part of the London Podcast Festival. I'm doing a live Tuesday Night Jaw. I can announce now uh, who the first guest for our special roundtable Q&A um, list episode, it's all explained uh, at kingsplace.co.uk slash TNJ live or at jimsmorman.com uh, slash TNJ. You can find all the details and how to get tickets there. Um, but uh, the first guest I'm going to announce um, is my wonderful friend and business partner, Glenn Joseph. Uh, Glenn will be there with me. He'll be part of the panel uh, discussing the ultimate wrestling card of all time. It'll be a good laugh. We've sold a fair few tickets already. I'd love to fill it. Um, it'd be tremendous if we could fill it. It'd be mind-blowing if we could fill it. I've got a big room, and uh, I'd really like to fill it. Um, it would honestly make my year. So, once again, kingsplace.co.uk slash tnjlive, or jimsmormon.com slash tnj, if that's easier to remember. Obviously, that's where you point people if you want to make them listen to this podcast anyway. Um, but myself, Glenn Joseph, various other guests, uh, I'm going to start trickling through the announcements as we get closer and closer to it. And it is, of course, the day before Alexandra Palace and the biggest progress show of the year, which is already sold out. So if you come into that, maybe make a weekend of it, uh, come and see myself. And there's loads of other wrestling podcasts at the London Podcast Festival on, on December the 9th as well. Uh, I just happen to be the first one. So uh, come to mine, come to some others, hang around in London, have a good time. Come to Ali Pali if you've managed to get a ticket. Uh, have a great weekend of wrestling on the 9th and 10th of September. Right, plug over for that. Everything else, we're on the Distraction Pieces Network, so check out everything on the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, Scooby Spips Distraction Pieces podcast, Hardcore Listing, Say Why to Drugs, uh, and the Stop and Search podcast. They're all great. They're all good people doing good podcasts. I'm super, great that Pip's, uh, super grateful that Pip has given me the opportunity to put my podcast in front of you by being on his wonderful network. Hooray. 
Um, obviously, my wrestling company is Progress Wrestling. ProgressWrestling.com for tickets and merchandise and stuff. And Demand-Progress.com to watch all of our shows. Uh, we still have tickets left for New York. That's about it. Uh, on August, there's nothing else you can buy tickets for at the minute. We put the next Manchester show in November was on sale today, and it sold out in about 30 seconds. Sorry, everybody. Um, so August the 12th, uh, we've got some cool stuff planned for August the 12th in uh, in New York City, the Elmcore Center in Queens, in New York. Please come to that if you're American. And you happen to be visiting New York, uh, come along because we've got a heck of a show planned there. And we're in Boston the next night, but that's already sold out. So progresswrestling.com for tickets. Uh, and merch and all that sort of stuff uh, my website is jimsmorman.com i got a stand-up special you can download i've got some videos i've got a blog i've got a list of all the stand-up gigs that i'm doing uh and obviously please point people at jimsmorman.com slash tnj if they're new to the podcast uh, i had a fair few new listeners last week people saying they'd listen for the first time hello to you thanks for supporting us but jimsmorman.com slash tnj lowercase uh is how you point people uh at this podcast, the list of all the episodes that we've done, how people can download it through various means. If you're not an iTunes user, for example, there's various other ways to get hold of it. Uh, and please support the podcast by rating and reviewing and, and doing whatever you've got to do and subscribing to it because all that stuff's awesome and it helps me out and I appreciate being helped out. And later this week, fingers crossed if I manage to get it sorted, but later this week slash early next week, we will have merch on sale. Uh, I have t-shirts that has been designed by uh, Progress, uh, the guy who designs all the Progress merch and all the uh, graphics Rob Dolbovolsky, he's a very good friend of mine um, he has designed uh, a Tuesday Night Jaw t-shirt which is quite beautiful, uh, amazing new triangular Tuesday Night Jaw logo on the back of it and on the front one of the things we talk about all the time uh, if you genuinely like a heel wrestler, boo him or her for that will reward them for their hard work as a heel so it says on the front, big bold writing uh, cheer faces Boo Heels. I leaked the image of it on Twitter last week and people immediately said I would like one of those. So I'm just working out uh, how best to do that. Um, but it's it's happening and it's happening soon, people. Um, uh, so uh, rest assured, you've been asking for merch for a bit. Merch is a coming. Uh, and thank you for asking for it because it just means you want to support this little podcast and it means the world to me that you do. Right. Let's get into today's chat. Um, I met DDP the last time he was doing a tour of the UK, and he is doing a, another tour of the UK, which is precisely why he's come on to have a chat. Um, obviously, a lot of people, if you've listened to wrestling podcasts for a while, you'll be aware of DDP Yoga. Now, um, this podcast is not sponsored by DDP Yoga. I'm, I've not been paid to have DDP on or anything like that. I just genuinely like the guy. I like him a lot. I do DDP Yoga more sporadically than I should um, because it's genuinely helped me out. Um, but... I supported him doing his Q&As last time he was here. I did a couple of the dates. And he's just a dude. He's a nice man. You cannot fail but uh, to be you cannot fail to be impressed by his general general level of positivity. He's a great great guy. His Q&As are super interesting because he's been around wrestling a long time. He knows a lot of people and he's got a lot of funny stories. He's just a, he's a, a natural speaker. And the sort of person that I am, you know, when I got offered the chance, and it was weird, it came from two angles. Chris Brooker, who you'll know from listening to the podcast, he said to me, oh, do you think, you know, DDP could come on? And I was like, absolutely, 100%. And then I got a text message from William Regal saying, oh, DDP's wondering if he could do your podcast. I'm like, absolutely, 100%. I want to talk to him because he's a guy I had a, I mentioned this at the start of the chat, I had a really cool experience with, not long after my mum died, 
where he was just a nice guy and he was positive to me. And a lot of my diet changes that I've made, we sat and had dinner before he did a show at the Comedy Store in Manchester. And we were sat having dinner and I was he was eating super healthy salad stuff and I was eating like a burger or something. And he didn't say what you're eating's wrong. He just made me ask some questions about what I was eating. And, you know, coincidentally at that point I was about three stone heavier than I am now. So, you know, he has made a difference and he's one of these guys that you you, you he is his enthusiasm for everything in life is infectious. And he's just a good guy. And you'll hear when we're talking, you know, he's aware of British wrestling at the minute. He's super excited about that. He's just a great dude to talk to. It's a great hour of us talking. He gets into his tour dates and everything at the end of the podcast. But I'll come back at the end and I'll just reiterate them and how you can uh, you can get tickets if you want to go along and either see him do a and a or you want to do one of his DDP yoga workshops. So we'll get into all that in a little while. Um, but if you've ever seen DDP, he's a talker. So there's not a lot of me on this podcast but there's a lot of DDP and there is nothing wrong with that because he's a damn good dude. Um, I will be back on the flip side of this with all the tour dates uh, and how you can get hold of tickets for DDP's tour and for his yoga workshops. Uh, In the meantime, just listen to one of the coolest people uh, you could ever speak to on Tuesday Night Jaw. I'll see you on the flip side. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw, DDP. Hello, mate. <laughs> What's up, my brother? <laughs> uh, it's, it's a pleasure to speak to you. I was, I was thinking, when, when I found out that, um, that I'd be talking to you, I was thinking about um, the best way of setting up what sort of human being you are. And, and I mean, most people know you're quite, you're quite a positive dude. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> and um, and last time you were in the UK uh, and you did uh, a sort of Q and A tour, um, I I did like one of the tour date supports for you and 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 we got to sort of hang out from that and and it was not that long and I'm not being morbid about it. It's not that long after my my mum had passed away and I remember picking you up from a hotel and just having a chat with you and I'd not known you for long. We just you know bond over the fact that wrestling's a cool thing and 
And I just remember you just being really, really super positive and super nice about everything. And me going away from having spent a little bit of time with you, just thinking, oh, life's pretty cool. And and people had told me you were like that. And I, I, me being a cynical British person, I was like, no, no, <laughs> it's not like at all. And I sort of, I remember, I remember leaving Manchester that night going, oh, I'm, I feel pretty cool now. And, and that's just from spending a few hours with you. So, you know. It was. Uh, I thought that's the best thing I can do in terms of introducing you is 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 that sort of positivity because that's what everybody, certainly everybody I know in the wrestling world, that's how everybody talks about you is you've always been this this positive guy and I don't think. I mean, have you ever had a bad day at work? Like ever? Absolutely, <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> you know, but 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 yeah, you know, I always try to go the other way with it. Uh, a line a, a buddy of mine said forty years ago, he, you know, he he had seen it somewhere, and he and he and he just and he came into me. And he goes, "Dude, I've got your new line." I go, "What's my new line?" He said, "I never had a bad day in my life," <laughs> and. And when people say, how you doing? I got never had a bad day in my life. And then after I got into wrestling, I said, I've had a bunch of sore ones. I had a bad, mm. I've had, I've had quite a few, a few, uh, uh, I've had my share of really bad moments, mm. but you know what I've really realized, you know, now I'm 61 now and you know, it's all about holding back the hands of time. It's been like that my whole life, you know, especially starting so old, being a wrestler at 35 and a half. And I was always looking for ways to hold back the hands of time. But the biggest thing that I've learned is that something that you may think is the absolute worst thing to ever happen <laughs> could absolutely be, could lead to the best. Yeah. And I got, I've got so many examples but the most profound one, you know, when I finally made it, you know, I start wrestling at 35. My career takes off when I'm 40, which is in 96, you know, you know, wrestling, we, we dominated the world, you know, with the Monday Night Wars. It was we dominated the cable ratings like and there was a point in time in the United States, you know, the cable networks were growing so huge. There were so many channels, but in the top 10 every week was our feud, the WCW against the WWF. And, and for, for 89 straight weeks, we were number one. Mm. And then the WWE raw would be number two. Thunder would be number three. (laughs) You know, and sometimes SmackDown would be four, or it might have been, you know, SmackDown number three, Thunder number four, you know, and then at some point it was Raw number one, Smack, you know, uh, WCW Nitro number two. I mean, we dominated the cable networks uh, with being, you know, time on TV and especially all over, all over Europe as well. Of course, WCW's viewership wasn't as broad as the WWE's, but, uh, it was still out there, you know, mm. and and to be, you know, running so hard and, you know, like I was wrestling 275 days a year. Mm. I'm 41, 42 years old. I'm not like 31 or 21, you know, and, yeah. and the wear and tear on my body. And then when I finally blew my back out at the end of 98 going into 99 and I had three top specialists 
you know, mm. spine specialists tell me my career's over. They're like, I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. Like, you know, and, and that's what WCW, I planned on ending my career in the WWE no matter what. Oh. So, I mean, now, now they're telling me my career's over and my contract's going to get cut in half, get cut in half and cut in half because that's the way it was written if I couldn't wrestle. Sure. So it was the most depressing moment of my life. You know, I mean, mm. I, I went did that bad day. It came mm. and it stuck around for a couple of days. But I also know if I keep my head in that mindset, if I still wallow in poor me, oh, my God, why me? You know, I was doing so great. Why did this have to happen to me? This sucks. I'm never going to get be able to get back in the ring. I know if I keep thinking that, that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm. You know, I'm going to fulfill that destiny to the letter. You know, but one of my favorite quotes is, if you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. Mm. And, you know, Henry Ford said that, you know, and if I always say, what the hell did he ever do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know but, but uh, you know, I, I started to turn it around mentally because you can't turn around anything um and you can't turn around any circumstance. You can't turn your life around. You can't do anything to get to that spot you may dream about getting or just praying that you get to without changing it as a thought mm. in your eye, in your head. That idea, that mindset, that story you tell yourself, like you can't do it if you don't start in your own brain. Yeah. Like thoughts are powerful, man. And then you make them ideas and then you broaden the idea and then you make it a goal and then you write it down. Mm. You know, I always tell people just don't think it, ink it. Like you got to own it. You got to burn it into your brain. And, you know, what looked like the worst thing ever happened to me has been the best thing that ever happened to me. Sure. Because if I don't blow my back out, if I don't rupture my L4 and L5, and what that means is you got vertebrae in our back, and we don't really realize it, you know, but our back is the center of our universe. Mm. Because if your back's fucked up, you're screwed. Yeah. Like everything stops. So in between our vertebrae are these amazing they're like shock absorbers. You know, they're called discs. And they are what allows you to, you know, these guys, I mean, oh my God, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for UK wrestling as a whole. And that, like, there is nobody going to think 15 years ago that wrestling in the UK not only is going to be as hot as it is, mm. but going to get the attention of the WWE the way it does. Yeah, it's crazy. If, isn't it? if, if the, if, but if someone doesn't see it, mm. like, fuck it, we're doing this for us. Yeah. And, I mean, some of the wrestlers have come out of the UK are mind-blowing to yeah. me. You know, and, you know, because I, I don't watch all the time anymore, but I watch enough to know. But it all started with their mindset. Mm. 
you know, and breaking the way. And there's guys who are breaking the, you know, paving the way that will never get to the WWE because now they're they're too beat up and broken down. Sure. You know, but again, the mindset. So what comes out of it when, when those discs that are in between your vertebrae, take a jelly donut and just step on that thing. Yeah. Well, that's what I did. You know, by blowing them out, mm. there's no discs in between my vertebrae, my L4 and L5. And that was excruciating. So to find that and to heal myself through what's today is known as DDP yoga, you know, to to have done that and then to have helped so many people, you know, and the biggest thing that wrestling fans know, of course, is the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Sure. You know, I mean, to watch what Jake has transformed himself into and where he was, you know, it's it's the most gratifying shit ever, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think last time you were in the UK was uh, that was before the documentary about Jake had come out, wasn't it? But, we, but, we, but we were living it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, <laughs> I remember I remember you talking to me about it and talking to audiences about it. And and then and then when people got to see it, because I know that. That's the sort of thing that. So obviously, I'm I'm surrounded by friends and and, and people who who like wrestling because they you know, work in the wrestling sure. industry. But then there's knowing that 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 documentary has got out there and more and more people have seen it. I think that not only does it illustrate DDP yoga to people, but obviously it illustrates to to people who think that wrestling's just fake and it doesn't hurt. And you know you only have to, <laughs> right. you only right. have to meet. I mean, you're a bit of an you're a bit of an exception to the rule at 61 years old, but you only have to meet. You know, a wrestler in their late thirties who's been wrestling since twenty is going to be fairly broken down. It's 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 hard on the body if people aren't looking after themselves. And the fact that you started it as late as you did and went on to have the career that you did is obviously. I mean, you, I mean, you were looking after yourself even prior to doing the yoga. You must have been looking after yourself pretty well. Oh, absolutely. You know, to me, it was. You know, it was all about holding back the hands of time. Like, mm. what could I do? Like, I'm the first guy in professional wrestling to get ice bags, fill them up with ice, mm. and strap them to my knees, to my back, under my T-shirts, from on, on my shoulders. Like, the guys would look at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm trying to take down the inflammation. Mm. And they don't even know what it, they didn't even know what it was. Yeah. You know, and they laughed at me and Steve Austin, when we were driving, he'd want to strap his ice, you know, his beers underneath <laughs> my, uh, you know, ace bandages onto the, onto the uh, ice bags, you know, and, and we did that, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, bottom line is, is today they all get it. You know, the, the guy, once you get to the show, hmm. you know, once you get to the WWE, there's trainers there. There's not one trainer. There's like three of them. Yeah. You yeah. know, and guys who need ice, guys who needs to be, you know, you know, worked on deep muscle massage therapy. I was doing all of this. Mm. And what was really funny was I filmed every match I ever had. Yeah. I remember you telling me that before. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and, and everybody laughed at me, you know, <laughs> now let's look on YouTube. How many matches do you think 
are filmed at Independent Wrestling Today would be up on YouTube. Yeah. A, mil- a million? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it all started right here. And what's, what's a shame, and Steve Austin and I were talking about it on his podcast last time I was on, because that's where, you know, I really believe that was the beginning of the stone cold character, mm. Steve would lay like, like we drove together all the time, you know, in the, you know, in the beginning, um, before he left in the beginning of my wrestling career, we'd go to the shows early and Steve would get in the ring with me mm. and he'd work mm. with me and we were, we were best buds, you know, like, cause Steve didn't travel with not many people. He'd rather travel by himself most times. Yeah. But, but we, we had such a great friendship uh, that, you know, he, he would teach me, but then we'd watch the matches later. What I didn't know the first time was he was doing color. All right. Like play by play that where he would impersonate uh, Gordon Soley or, you know, whoever Steven Regal would come in and give one of his tits of the seventies. And he'd <laughs> give his little jive talking on there. And I had Raven on them and Nash and cactus, you know, McFoley. Uh, but Steve was on all of them. And I mean, they were so good. And every night I'd overtape them. All right. I, I, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> you know, who knew, who knew that Mick Foley, Mick, let's start with Steve Austin, Mick Foley, Kevin Nash, uh, Stephen Regal, you know, become the biggest stars ever. Also, you'd have the, <laughs> you'd have the best tape archive. Like, <laughs> you'd have to have a wing on the side of your house just, just for the tapes. Now, this has reminded me of something. So we have a mutual friend in, in Chris Brooker who introduced me to you in the first place. And, um, um, he's a great guy. He's a, great lovely, guy. he's a lovely man, often on this podcast. Now, um, uh, I, I mentioned to Chris I was going to be chatting to you today, and he said um, that I should ask you uh, about a story that's in Mick Foley's autobiography, which is the he wants to hear your side of the cookies in the bed story, um, oh, which was funny. when which was when you were traveling, and most people will have read Have a Nice Day, and it was when you were traveling with because you mentioned the ice bags because you used to saran wrap things as well, didn't you? And you used to I know that um, from from memory, did you used to pin the curtains? To oh the yeah, wall? Dude, I'm like like Elvis. I'm, I, uh, I was I'm like Elvis. My room has to be completely black, and I, I always had to have some kind of a fan yeah. or the AC going mm. so I could hear that white noise. Yeah, I'm the same with white and, noise. Yeah, I'm the same with that. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what I figured out recently in the last ten years uh, is I've got those wax earplugs but they have there's only one kind i found that really works and, it, and they they mold completely to your ears mm. so you can hear but you can't yes and man that's the best white noise ever <laughs> but uh you know foley like i was in la and foley would close this show with the cookie story <laughs> and what was funny and i got to give you some you know some backstory to that because most people have no idea about this i had a guy named larry smoky genta who's one of my best friends he was writing my book with me hmm. and i was writing the biography side the autobiography side. smoky was writing the biography side and then interviewing everyone, like all those 
quotes and stories. Like, of course, there's my story, there's their story, and then there's what really happened story. Yeah. You know, because everybody has their own interpretation of the past. Of course. And uh, and history is written by the winners, you know. So with, with the guys, whether it was Scott Hall or Hulk Hogan or John Bon Jovi or Carl Malone, whoever it was, I always used their version since they were the one talking about it. And Smokey would interview them. Right. And he interviewed Mick. And Mick told the cookie story. <laughs> now... He gets he leaves Smokey on the phone, gets on a plane for Germany. Now he's got a, you know an, an eight nine hour flight. He went by and picked up some uh, those legal pads hmm. and said, "If Diamond Dallas Page can write his own book, <laughs> so can I." And and that's where the origin the originals you know energy of the you know the work ethic that Mick Foley has mm. he wrote his book himself yeah. on and his first three books were written on the, that ledger paper mm. and later on I would say Mick are you fucking crazy <laughs> do it on your computer you can <laughs> cut and paste it'll take you half the time and it took him another book but he finally started to do that and thanked me for being so like adamant, like, dude, get on the computer. <laughs> it's a whole different world. But I, I, you know, I remembered the cookie story, but I didn't remember it with the clarity that Foley had. <laughs> and what was funny is I'm in LA. I was living there at the time and Foley is doing the show. And when he's doing the show, he's having this girl. I can't remember her name right now, but she was a writer for the WWE. She lived in L.A. and she was playing the Diamond Dallas Page part. <laughs> and she comes out and it looks like she's naked, but she's not. And she's got saran wrap around her knees. Right. And I just started laughing because no one knows why I ever did that. And I forgot that I did that. <laughs> but the reason why I did that was there's a, there's a product called DMSO. Okay. And it's used on racehorses on their joints because it takes away the pain. All uh, right. And I would put the DMSO on my knees. Now, humans were using it. Hmm. You know, not a lot of them. <laughs> but the thing was, if you had a, say you had uh, a blanket on that, that laid on your, laid on your leg, and say it was blue, hmm. it would suck whatever <laughs> it was touching into your body. Yeah. So it didn't matter what the color was or fat, whatever the ingredient was that was laying on your knee, it was going to get pulled into your body. Yeah. So that's why you put the saran wrap around. Got you. Because it can't pull anything with plastic. So that's where that came from. So that made me really laugh out loud. <laughs> and he brought up um, a buddy of mine to do, uh, who's a comedian, 
to do because do because Mick does you know he'd only drop two f bombs indeed yes in a in a show. So he had for this story, there was probably fifty f bombs in it. <laughs> so he he had brought my buddy up there um, named Moser, and he's standing behind Mick and every time he got to the part where it said fuck he'd take his microphone and hand it you know just lean it back to Moser who would go fuck you know, <laughs> mother fuck 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 you know whatever it was uh, it was super funny but my favorite story about the cooking story is um, Foley the late great Roddy Piper and myself uh, I was in Chicago for a DDP yoga workshop. Mick and um, Roddy were about 50 miles outside of Chicago. And they were at this like Comic-Con type thing. So one of the things that they were doing was their stand-up. And mm. what the premise was, Mick was going to tell a story. Roddy tell a story. Yeah. Mick tell a story. Roddy tell a story. There's about 300 people there. And everybody's having a great time. Sure. And then they get to the cookie story. <laughs> and, and Roddy is playing the DDP spot. Nice. And at some point where Roddy is jumping up and down with, you know, supposedly his naked balls smacking Foley in the face. How do you fucking like it, Foley? How do you like cookies in your face? You know, and smashing them, you know, jumping up and down on them. They turn the lights out. Yeah. And when the lights come on, I'm standing there. Yeah, amazing. The place, it was the, Foley said, because I thought so too, it was the loudest pop ever. <laughs> like, you know, for, for a crowd that side, they sounded like tech because no one saw it coming. You know, like the diamond cutter. And man, when they when they, they started calming down a little bit, I went, that's not how it fucking happened. And they blew again. It was, uh, <laughs> it, was it was amazing, man. It was amazing. Uh you know, but the, the whole thing with Austin and Foley, man, they taught me how not to sell a rib. Yeah. Because when they would rib me, man, didn't take long to get me to start selling it, which, of course, makes them laugh their ass off. You know? <laughs> and at some point I thought, OK, fuck this. I'm not selling anything. So I can remember, you know, and I, of course, I told them, which made them work even harder. <laughs> and they finally gave up after I was in taking a shower. And when I came out of the shower, I turned off, you know, get finished. There's a face cloth there. <laughs> like that's, that's what they left me. <laughs> and I just walked out. I never said shit. I dried my, walked over the room. I'm drying myself with the face cloth. I'm not saying fucking anything. And that was like the last rib that they played on me because <laughs> oh, if he's not going to sell it, let's go pick on somebody else. You know, let's go pick on somebody else. Well, that's, that's the thing you're always taught, isn't it? With the, with the ribbing culture is just don't sell oh, it and God. then you'll survive. Don't sell it. Yeah. You got, 
you got to be able to breathe. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they can be pretty fucked up, and some of them are really mean. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, but it, it seems strange now, because obviously I, I've not been around wrestling long. I've been a, a promoter for like five years, and I've, I've been backstage at WWE shows and stuff like that, and everything seems very sort of chilled out now. And, and, and when it's only because you read people's books that you presume it's just going to be constant ribbing and stuff now and it, it right, and, right, and right. the industry's probably changed like you were saying i mean this, a lot of the stuff you were doing now if you've if you go to the performance center for example like that sort of thing that wouldn't have existed 20 years ago it wasn't you know it, it's it's not the whole industry has shifted on hasn't it and and yeah well I, i'm sure there's there's still ribbing hmm. just not not the mean ribs anymore. Yeah. Like there are people who went to get their food and had someone had shit in their Ugh. food. You know, like yeah, that's that's, a, that's that, over that, the top. That, 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 yeah, that's over the top. Yeah. You know, and that you know, I, I never saw it, but I heard it, mm. and I knew who it was done to. And that's not like you know we're kidding with you. Yeah, that's where you got serious heat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you don't even know. Yeah. You know, like probably that's this the weirdest word ever. Mm. You know, and in wrestling it has its own it completely has its own meaning. Yeah. You know, when yeah, you yeah. got and, and there's many different types of heat, but when you got like strong heat with the boys, mm. you know, <laughs> it could be super dead, you know, it, it could kill your career. Yeah, of course, man. You know. I mean, I suppose when you broke into wrestling, were you not starting until later on? I mean, you knew quite a lot of the wrestlers, though, didn't you? You know, it's so funny. You know, I, I'm there. I'm, I'm doing um, in the states. There's a there's a thing online called the uh, the Players Tribute, mm. and it's all the greatest athletes from from every from soccer to football to you know to you guys football to, mm. to uh, you know baseball everything every sport. And Derek Jeter, who is probably one of the most well-known baseball players of all time, he had the first one. It's called A Letter to My Younger Self. (laughs) And it's you, you know, after you've gone through your whole journey, not your whole journey, but, you know, you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s, and you're talking to the 12-year-old. Yeah. You know, like, at what impasse in your life does this conversation Hmm that you start with yourself, you know, for me, like I just did it. Mm. And, um, that's why everything's really on my mind right now. Mm. Uh, uh, as far I'm writing a book, another book called positively unstoppable, Mm, the art, the art of owning it. Mm. And it's all about owning it. You Mm. know, it's like, you know, owning your breath, owning your, 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 your lifestyle, your fitness, more than anything, owning your mindset. Mm. But, for the letter to my younger self, I started off where I'm 12 years old and I'd been hit by a car. All right. And um, it, it actually starts with me going to see the New York Knicks, mm. the New York Jets doctor, Dr. Uh, James Nicholas. Mm. And because I'm hoping that he's going to be able to help my knee. Yeah. And because uh, I hit by the car, I hit my right knee. I, my face bounced off the hood, you know, and flew. I flew 42 feet from the point of impact. Whoa. And land. I'm a little 12-year-old kid, you mm. know. And, 
but football, American football was my love, that yeah. and hockey. And the doctors wouldn't let me play it anymore. So I was like, Mom, take me here. You know, take me here. Take, take me to this guy, Dr. Nichols. He can help me. You know, and it, it all starts with me being there and <laughs> Dr. Nicholas basically telling me that I'm never going to be a Joe Namath. I'm never going to be a Willis Reed, you know, both world champions uh, mm. in their sports and, you know, um, and it just crushing me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I go on to say, I guess he didn't know I was going to be a Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. You know, and so I'm talking to myself there. Like saying, you know, suck it up. Mm. You know, it's going to get better. Well, actually, it's going to get worse. It's going to get way worse before it gets better. But it's really going to get better. Like, you're not going to believe it. And then I go into this whole story. And, uh, you know, from being that kid and, you know, now having to learn how to play basketball, you know, and Mm. just just something that I hated. And, you know, because I sucked at it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just that story of, of telling it. What was the question you asked? Because I got sidetracked. I was working my way back to that. It's just because obviously you started wrestling a little bit later. But you, by the time you got into wrestling, you knew quite a lot of the wrestlers, didn't you? Right, yeah. right. So I talk about Jake mm. actually coming into my nightclub. I'm running a nightclub in, since I was 24, either bartending or running a nightclub since I was 24. And... I was 30, about 30 or 29 or 30 Mm. when Jake rolled into my club in Fort Myers, Florida, which is on the West coast of Florida. And we end up becoming drinking buddies. (laughs) Next thing you know, Ted DiBiase's in there, you know, uh, and we're doing upside down tequila shooters, (laughs) meaning you lean back and you hold the bottle. I have a I have a picture, and I'll show it to you. I, I told Ted I'd never show anybody like that, so it won't get out there. But I have a picture of Ted DiBiase and me like holding his hair, pulling him backwards, and me having a tequila bottle, holding it above him, and you see the stream of tequila coming into his mouth. I, I mean, we, we, we became buddies back then, the Bushwhackers, the Nasty Boys. I mean, so many of the guys, Marty Jannetty and, uh, and Shawn Michaels came through. Mm. You know, once they knew that there was a mark, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, you know, ran a club and uh, owned a piece of it and, and paid for everybody's drinks, it became like a destination sure. in between Miami, Florida, mm. and Tampa, Florida, which is about 300 miles. Yeah. So they might stay in Fort Myers. And uh, it was pretty cool knowing those guys. But <clears throat> it, it it may be, I, I think being around all that again, because I tried wrestling when I was 22 and it didn't work out for me. Mm. But being around those guys, you know, I think that sparked something inside of me. And then I tell the story about my DJ or, you know, he was, we were DJ and VJing back then in the eighties. And because it was super hip and only a few people did it. Mm. We were one of the clubs that did it at the end of the night when it was over, my, my, my DJ was playing, um, you know, getting the, the drawers, meaning the money from the bartenders from each register. And as I was walking around grabbing them, uh, I looked up and, Johnny was playing girls just want to have fun. Mm. 
And, you know, that's the song that really, like wrestling was already getting hot as hell in the 80s. Yeah, of But that's the song that blew it through the roof mainstream. Mm. You know, Hulk and Mr. T ended up on Saturday Night Live. You know, all that shit. And um, I was watching the video. And Captain Lou, who is one of my favorites, is in that video. Of course, yeah. And as I'm grabbing my drawer, you know, for my buddy Smokey, who I told you about earlier, who wrote Positively Page with me. Mm. um, When I'm grabbing my drawers, out loud, I just said, Rockin' wrestling, man, I should have been a part of that. Mm. And I grabbed the drawers and walked away. And he would later come in and say, Page J, hey, what do you mean rockin' wrestling? What do you mean you should have been a part of it? I said, well, I tried it when I was a kid. He's like, really? What was your name? I was like, well, handsome Dallas Page. <laughs> he went, whew. Oh, you can forget about using that gimmick anymore. <laughs> and everybody laughed. And that was really like the beginning of it. Mm. And to think that we're, you know, I'm looking at my friggin' Hall of Fame ring right now, mm. you know, as I'm thinking about that. And I'm sitting at my desk at our DDP Yoga Performance Center, which isn't all that much different than it was in when I had my club in Fort Myers, Florida, 30 years ago. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to think of that journey, man, like, you just would never believe it. That's why when I do these Q&As, you know, that I'm going to do, mm. like me and you have been talking about a lot of different shit, but most of this shit will never come up. Yeah. You know, because I have so many stories. And that's the that... thing. It, it, when I first met you, it was just like, because I, I saw you on two different nights, and you had different stories both nights, which was, is, you know, is, is cool. And it's, you know, it's, it's something that you can do. It's something I've seen William Regal do, Mick Foley do. Just, you've got that, you've got that wealth of stories. And also, your, your root interest, I, I always found it fascinating. Because to me, I remember... The first time I knew about you was when I was a kid and I was watching uh, WCW on on sort of network TV here. And it was harder to watch WCW than WWE. And I remember seeing you and it would have been very close to the start of your... Because I would have been maybe 13, 14 years old. So we're talking early 90s. So it would have been very close to the start of your WCW days. Um, And and seeing you as a manager. You, You were the first manager that I saw go from manager to wrestler. That that's not a thing that that tends to happen as much anymore. I just remember thinking, oh, there's that guy who, who does some managing. Oh, hang on, he's a wrestler now. And and you know, I, I vividly remember you sticking out, and and also you looking exactly as your name suggests you would look in 1990. <laughs> like the name Diamond Dallas Page. If you just if you had if you had no concepts of you at all. Like you could have drawn, and that would have been what you would have been. It would have been, you know. It, but but uh, well, I was talking to Chris Brooker about this earlier on. It's it's forgetting that I, I've never seen any of your sort of AWA stuff, for example, because you were around that as well, weren't you? So right, there's yeah. there's so much stuff that you've so you've had AWA, you've had WCW, you had time in WWE, obviously a WWE Hall of Famer. You've had so much, you've had so much experience, um, and you know, and relatively speaking, because you didn't start until your late thirties. You know, it, it's it's crazy how much experience you've had and, and sort of how long you kept at it considering how late you started. Yeah, man, the journey. Oh, God, it's 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 been amazing, man. Mm. You know, like, that's why I knew, like, 
a lot of people wanted me to come back. See, I'm always on Twitter. Like, it's really me, the guy who's putting all those posts up there and yeah. encouraging all those people, you know, who come at Real DDP or at DDP Yoga. And what I started to do, because um, people wanted me to come back right away, and I knew I wanted to wait. I wanted to wait till I, I I'd had another milestone, mm. and of course. Nothing's going to be more of a milestone than the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I've also got a, a, um, a series on Netflix that um, one I just have a, uh, a recurring role in. Hmm. Uh, it's called Superstition. Um, but the other one is um, called Gods and Secrets. Hmm. And it's a very dark superhero series and I'm actually the lead of it. Oh, cool. And, and it started as something that will be, we, we were going to do for YouTube, hmm. but it got so big and so hot and Netflix loves it that they, uh, they're making it a Netflix original, probably out this winter sometime. Like that'll be another milestone yeah. for me, you know, something like big like that. Um, but again, it's following, like, that's just me following my acting Mm. goals you know yeah. my my dreams of being you know, i i don't ever expect to be you know one of the top actors in the world i just want to get myself up to being an a-list actor like danny treo who mm. can get calls for doing any roles yeah and you know i think what's making it way easier today is i think there's a big shift in how it's still people think wrestling is bullshit, hmm. you know, but there's a lot more respect coming from the from the world of the, what we do, mainly because of the man, the rock. Well, he's of course, he's the, the highest paid yeah. actor in Hollywood now, isn't he, as well? The so. biggest star in the world. Hmm. I watched his um, baller show, his, his, his opening uh, show last night. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, but The Rock's doing everything. Mm. They're producing Paige's family show. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're calling that. Do they have a name for that yet? I don't know as far as I don't know as far as I'm aware, but I've heard lots about it, which is cool. I love I loved their documentary. Mm. I love the first of all I'm a huge fan of Paige. Mm. And I know Scott Hall goes over there all the time, works for the family. Mm. And I mean, I love the dad. <laughs> what a tough son of a bitch he is. <laughs> you know, but the, the whole family. I met the mom. She's amazing. I mean, I, I loved the documentary. Mm. I thought it was priceless. And it real. you know, I met Paige when she was down in um, uh, TNT. I'd gone down there to do a DDP yoga workshop for mm. the guys. And she was there and I watched her in the ring and I'm thinking, how the fuck is this little girl, this unbelievable. Mm. And of course, both of our names being Paige, but that's my <laughs> real first name. And that's her, you know, her show name, yeah. but both having named Paige, we have a special bond with each other. Mm. And I mean, I walked up to her. Of course, she knows who I am. And now I know who she is. Mm. And I'm like, little girl, just keep doing what you're doing because you're going to be a huge star in this business. And I'm hoping at some point she comes back. Um, I'm sure she will. She's too talented not to. Mm. But that, that whole family uh, 
I mean, I could just go on just after watching that show about that. I mean, because they're they, that that's a just another thing that's really cool that's coming out of the UK, and The Rock is uh, producing that show, mm. producing that movie, which is wild, and uh, and and Vince Vaughn's going to be in there. He's got, got you know, Rock's going to do it, unbelievable. But again, The Rock, Batista, John Cena, Cena is killing it, mm. like. I don't know if you guys get to see like uh, Saturday Night Live or the ESPYS, mm. you know, the, the sports award thing. Last year, Cena hosted the ESPYS, and he blew my mind. Like I know he's a great entertainer, mm. he's super smart, <clears throat> he's super talented, but man, when he when he when you can host something like the ESPYS and kill it the way he did, like again, it's giving the the boys a different level of credibility in Hollywood. Well, there's someone like and Cena I, as well. I mean, the, the the thing that always astonishes me about Cena is, and, and going from being a wrestling fan to being a wrestling promoter makes you change from going, oh, I don't like this wrestler to, to going, oh, I really appreciate how good they are at their job. And Cena's a great example of that. And someone we talk about in this podcast all the time. But also with Cena, it, things like him learning Chinese. So it helps. <laughs> so it helps wrestling grow in China. Like that's, that's that's above and beyond the call of duty, isn't it? That's a tremendous yeah, thing to do. Austin and I again, you know, we were talking. We, you know, because we talked. When we when we and Austin start talking, you never know where we're going to go. Yeah, you know where because we have again we spend on time with each other, and then our our careers really blew up at the same time. Mm. You know, in two different companies, and um, you know, we start talking about Cena. And I know a lot of guys don't like Cena, but the way me and Austin both feel about it, if you don't like Cena, you really don't appreciate wrestling. Yeah, I, and I totally because because yep. <laughs> the guy is a workhorse. Mm. He will never go in and phone it in. No. And guys who like that, like Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, you like those guys. Never phoned in a match. RVD, Chris Jericho, you know, mm. they have never phoned in a match in their life. Yeah. You know, and, and house show, Mick, you know, Mick Foley, like Mick, don't fly through the air and <laughs> land on the pavement. There's 300 people here. Oh, but, you know, I got to give them their money's worth. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if Mick Foley doesn't show you, that DDP yoga works. Mm. Nothing, nothing will. Well, I saw him. <laughs> I saw him a few months ago. So I, I first met Mick when he was just coming over here to do stand up for the first time, and I was, I was one of his support acts, and that's how I got to meet him. And obviously, it's weird for me because I have Mick tattooed on me. So like, I, <laughs> he finds that hilarious. Um, right. um, but, but the first time I ever met him. I can testify to this. First time I ever met him, um, he had to climb down a flight of stairs to come and meet me for the first time. And I'm Mick's one of my heroes. And I remember seeing him and thinking, oh, he, he looks in pain. And, and we chatted about it. And he was saying, you know, he's in a, a fair bit of pain at the time. And then I've seen him probably once he's a year so ever since. And he's just, and he's just, every time I see him, he seems to be in better and better condition. And it, And again, that is that is proof of, of what you've passed on to him, and it does seem to it's, it's definitely made a difference to him. And it, and you know the big the big thing for Foley, you know, because a lot of people start and stop. Hmm. It's just it's life, you know. Hmm. Life gets in the way that that 
that negative self-talk that I talk about, hmm. you know, the, the negative, well, let me get my car here. Let me show my, uh, I got one of those uh, Teslas. So it's got all the freaking bells and whistles <laughs> here going off. Um, Mick started with me five separate times. Hmm. And, I, and I just thought he's never going to do it. Yeah. You know, because he started and stopped five times. Yeah. And then coming into WrestleMania, I guess two years ago, hmm. not last year, the year before, about three months out, he called me and he said, hey, I don't I don't want to tell anybody. I'm, hmm. You know, I don't want to tell anybody yet. I got to tell you, I've been modifying what you taught me, using it in the pool, and it's really making a difference. I've been modifying my eating. I've cut out a little junk food. I'm down 40 pounds. I go, seriously? He's like, yes, but don't say, I don't want anybody to know. I got to get down 50 pounds before I tell anybody. Mm. I'm going to tell them on Austin's show. That's my goal. Yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. And then for him to be able to come out, you know, and WrestleMania, I got to be in the Battle Royal. Yeah. And friggin', oh, dude, that was <laughs> that was the greatest birthday present ever, except for the Hall of Fame the next year. Yeah. You know, because my birthday always lays on that. And uh, and to be, to see Mick and Steve and, you know, and, and, um, and, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels and, and myself all out there and doing our thing. And I mean, oh, God, it was and it's two days before my 60th birthday. That's tremendous. I mean, oh, dude, it was it was just unbelievable. You know, like I, people, you know, finally, people have pretty much stopped me, stopped asking me the question. What do you think about Vince McMahon trying to ruin your career coming <laughs> in in 2001? It's like, uh, <laughs> listen, if I have. If I have the choice of doing the people's champion versus people's champion, which yeah. is what I really wanted to do. Yep. If I have the choice of doing that and having that run and maybe getting hurt and not really having the run I wanted, mm. it not turning into what I really wanted it to, you know, or even being big or having the opportunity to do what the WWE has done for me for the last six years mm. between hosting all the nitros having me be there to do a lot of the you know, old school Raws, letting me film the little commercial in the back, you know, yeah. for, uh, for uh, you know, that night I was there with Booker T. And, yeah, I got, they, and Triple H is like, you got your DVDs? I said, yeah, I do. He goes, pull them out. He goes, do it. Do the whole, do it. It's your time. Do whatever you want. And pull that foot over your head thing you do. That's always impressive <laughs> as hell. And, like, they just gave me full-blown, you know, gave, gave me my spot, but in the same show, Jake's going to show up for the first time in 16 years, mm. and nobody knows it but, like, five people. Yeah. I mean, all of that to inducting Jake, the Royal Rumble, you know, WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame. I mean, God, I've been so blessed. And for them to put my DVD because you know, they don't do that anymore. No, no. You know, they, they, a handful of guys get them. You know, Scott Hall, you know, Eric Bischoff. I don't know if you saw Eric's, but Eric's was great. Mm. Um, uh, Bischoff's, and then to do my Positively Living, you know, autobiography thing yeah. that he did on me. It was unbelievable, man. Yeah, man. You know, I've, I've been so blessed. And it's, it's, it's something that, that 
I, I just think it's... Everyone always presumes that the WWE Hall of Fame has to be to do with a, a strictly speaking sort of you know ten twenty years stretch in WWE, and obviously you only had a short time as a as a as a competitor in WWE itself. But you know the, now it's to reward people's legacy for for other things, and you have got your legacy of what you've done with them over the last few years. But you've obviously got your WCW legacy as well, which is you know certainly a big part of my youth was watching you. It's part of the Monday Night Wars because you were massive back then. People forget how huge you were. You know, like your feuds are like like Randy Savage in '97, and and, and, they're, they're, and, and your whole thing with the NWO was just that was massive back then. It was it was Absolutely. huge. You you really were. You were the people's. You were the people's champion. Like you were saying, it was it was it was such a huge thing. And there was there was something that really resonated with you and the fans. And it's it's that mysterious sort of ingredient X that you can't teach. I think. I don't think you could. I don't. I, even you were involved in that. I don't think you could lock down what it was that made you sort of get over. You know, it's just does, does that. Certain people have that mysterious extra thing that just tips them over the edge, and I think you had that in the in the sort of mid, mid to late nineties, certainly. Well, you know, one of the things. I, I, what's a great? I don't know if you'll get to see it. I'm sure you'll get to see it over there at some point. Hmm. But HBO is doing a special right now. It's a documentary series, and it's called. The Defiant Ones. Mm. And it's the story of Jimmy Iovine and um, Dr. Dre. Yeah. And their journey in and out of the music that they have brought to the world. Mm. And no one really knows. Everybody's going to know who Jimmy Iovine is. Let's put it like that. Mm. But unless you're in the music business, you had no idea who he was. Yeah. You just know Dr. Dre, but when you realize who Jimmy is, it's, I mean, like, he, he comes up to, because he's helped, his first person he ever produced was John Lennon, mm. and it was like a gift given to him by the guy who was really producing it, but it was on Easter Sunday, and, you know, that's a big thing for an Italian family, and his mom's like, you can't go into work today, it's Easter Sunday, the family's here. And the bottom line is he went into work. Yeah. And who's yeah. sitting there but John Lennon. Yeah. And it's the beginning of what will happen in his life. But at some point, he says to, uh, God, what's her name? Gwen Stefani. Mm. He's got video, video footage of her singing with no one there. It's singing for executives. And she's so beautiful. She's so young. Her, She's so talented. And... Iveen signs her and says to her, now go out and play and write songs. In six years, you're going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. Mm. And she's just a kid. Mm. And she's like, why did I have to wait six years? You know, <laughs> well, I had so many songs. We kept bringing him songs and bringing him songs and bringing him songs. All he'd say is keep writing. And she goes, it was six years almost to the day. Mm. When they blew up. And what what it really was, was people need to go through the trials and tribulations. Mm. Unless you're incredibly gifted. Like, I, I don't even really know who would qualify for that, who didn't work for it. You've got to have the experience to, to, to pick on, like, Steve Austin is never Steve Austin. Mm. If he gets that push 
when he comes into WCW yeah. as Stunning Steve. Yeah. Just never does. Yeah. Because he was he was nowhere near that mad. Mm. He was so pissed off. Yeah. By the time, by the time he got to WWE, after he was what he felt like what happened in WCW, mm. what you know, it, while he was working with ECW, when he was burying Eric Bischoff, you know, who later now those guys are good friends, mm. but. He had to go through all of that drama. I had to go through all the drama before I could really tell the story. Yes. Yeah, I get you. That makes sense. Yeah, totally, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes loads of sense. Now, listen. I know you've got to you've got to get off shortly, but I, I want to talk uh, about your you, you coming back to the UK and doing a tour here. So, um, what I'll do is. Um, when I, uh, after I finish speaking to you, I'll wrap up and I'll, I'll make sure I give everyone the links and I give everyone uh, the list of dates uh, so they can come along and see you. And I, you know, I having having spent time with you in the past and having seen you do Q and A's and stuff like that, I know that's awesome. But it's not just you're not just doing Q and A's. You're coming over and, and 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 doing workshops and things like that, aren't you? Yeah, you know, it's uh, the Q and A part. Everybody kind of gets now. Yeah, especially anybody's listening to your show. Mm. And as you can see, man. And, I'll stay there as long as the people <laughs> you know, <laughs> want to hear stories. And yeah. at some point, Chris will have to cut me off. <laughs> you know, because once I'm in, I'm doing it. I love what I do, man. Yeah, you know, so and people know that. And it, just by listening to this, there, there's so many inspiring things that came out of this. So hmm. it's still an inspirational conversation with DDP, even though I'm going to tell all stories that people, you know, might have pulled out of the air. Yeah. And other stories will come out of it. So the Q and A sort of a, a no brainer, but the the actual inspiration meets perspiration, the DDP yoga workshops. Mm. Well, you know they're 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 a different animal. Yeah, and it's it's never less than three hours. Mm. So I, I normally say two and a half hours. It could be four hours, and I only mean four hours because I'll stick around and take pictures with every single person. Mm. Um, it becomes part of it. I, uh, um, I, I literally walk around when, when people are walking in and meet everyone. Yeah. Like, talk to them. Say, I thank them for coming. <laughs> what brought you here? What, what's really fascinating, Jim, and this is, blows my mind still today, when I do a workshop, it will be 70% guys. Right. There'll, there'll be still 30% women there. Mm. But 75% of the people, men and women, come on their own. Yeah. All by themselves. Like, that's a powerful statement. Mm, no, definitely, man. You know, because they're not, they don't have to, well, I need you to come with me. Some people come with their significant other or, you know, their, their brother or sister or something. Mm. But as a whole, it's people who are coming to get that next level of inspiration to literally take their lives back. Yeah. You know, to do as, as I call owning it, you know, mm. uh, to, um, you know, because the beginning part is all inspiration. It's me talking and telling stories that you probably would never hear on a Q&A, mm. you know, and it's, there's God, there's so many 
great stories that I'll tell interactive because my goal is to get everyone in the building so pumped up that they feel like they can run through a brick wall. Mm. You know, I promise them two things. You're going to be so pumped up that you're going to be feel like you can run through a brick wall and you're going to sweat your ass off. <laughs> you know, you know, at some point we work our way into and we get into breathing because a lot of people have no concept how to breathe. Mm. What are you talking about? I breathe all the time. Yeah, right. But you don't own it. And when you own your breath, and it's the, it's the beginning phase, but I, I can explain it in 15 minutes mm. and show them how to start to really take it to the next level. Then, of course, there's dynamic resistance. Like, how do you get your heart rate jacked up in the fat burning zone, literally standing still? Mm. Well, I show them how to do that, and I break all that down. And then I get into the diamond dozen because I want to show people how to modify every single position. And then we do a workout. Now, some people will be done after the modification diamond dozen. Yeah. And I tell them, you just want to hang out, sit down and watch. Or if you want to start and stop or start and stop, I'm, it's all about to me, people making the DDPY program their own yeah like i don't even call ever call it yoga ever mm. because it's so far i developed this jimbo for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga <laughs> yeah and that's the truth yeah man. because you know because th these so many people need some sort of fitness level in their in their life but they also need because they were athletes a lot of them mm. and they're beat up so if you played your football, which your football is seriously, you know, competitive in your country mm. and it beats the shit out of you. Shreds your knees. I can testify it's for that. Yeah. Big time. Well, I can help that. I can show you how they, you might even be able to get back on the field mm. when you thought you were completely done. Because once you get over 30, you don't play football to get in shape like you did when you were a kid hmm. you get in shape so you can play football yeah yeah that makes sense and, and that's all the lessons that i teach students because the one thing i'm really really good at again i wrestled till i was 49 you know hmm. i'm really really good at breaking up scar tissue alleviating pain creating flexibility but my ddpy program like I said earlier, I don't call it yoga. It's either DDP yoga, and that's the company. But my program is the DDPY program. Mm. It's DDPY just like P90X. And that's all anybody will call it three years from now. Mm. Because the guys who do it don't want to call it yoga because it's not. <laughs> it's, again, yoga for people who would be caught dead doing yoga. And then once I get done with the whole workout and everything... You know, then boom, take pictures with everybody. Yeah. And you get a big group picture and put everything up on Facebook so people can get that. And, you know, and by the time I leave there, it'll be three, three and a half, four hours before <laughs> I get out the door. And it'll be an amazing day. And I'm going to be, I can't wait to get to Glasgow. I'm going to be up there. I'm doing a, a workshop and a QA. Yep. Um, doing uh, two different shows. 
uh, that we're heading into Newcastle. Yep. Going to head into Newcastle there um, and doing a workshop there. And then I'm going, I believe, then it's Manchester. It is indeed, uh, yes. Doing, yep, then, then that's both, uh, you know, Q&A and workshop, two different days. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I believe Birmingham next. Yes. I'm doing bo- both there as well, a Q&A and a, uh, and a workshop. And then I head into London, where, again, I'm doing both. Yeah. And uh, super excited. Right now, number one and number two, because we, we put this, you know, uh, ddpuktour.com. We put that uh, we put that up last week. Mm. We already have right uh, 49 people signed up for the workshop. And I literally just put it up there last week. Wow. We got 49 people signed up for the workshop uh, in um, in Glasgow, and we have 48 in London. That's crazy. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. But again, a lot of the people who um, you know who they follow me on Twitter, and that's really the only way that I've been in, in touch with people. Mm. You know, because, you know, my at real DDP or at DDP yoga or my Facebook. And if anybody out there is like, if you're wondering, Mm. like you've heard about it, you've heard about it. And now, you know, I'm coming. If you've heard about it, even thought about it, you want to come and see me. Yeah. Because I guarantee you will not be disappointed on any level, whether it's one of my Q and A's or, and for the Q and A, you could come and just watch the Q and A. And I think that's like 22 pounds. And and then if you want the VIP, then there's pictures, autographs that are connected to that. Everything's up on ddpuktour.com. Uh, and again, if, you, if you're even thinking about the program, don't listen to a word I have to say. There's a Facebook page that, it's, it says DDP yoga, two words, members only. And you, if you like the page, they accept you. Yeah. But read what people write. There's 20,000 people on that site. Mm. It's the most active page I've ever seen in fitness. And people helping people. Mm. And if, if, if you're broke and you're in a bad spot financially... I got a DDP yoga hardship fund.com go there. You know, and you know, if, if you're in bad times, like these are all people like for the DVDs, they raised like just putting this hardship fund out there. Uh, they, they raised thousands of dollars. That's amazing. So it's my, this is just the people who do my program, bro. Mm. Like I don't, it's not my part. Like I'm like I, I do a I do a, a fifty deal with them fifty fifty deal so it, they don't have to pay fifty percent of the yeah. cost of the DVDs and we have a um, but they they vest they vet what is it called vest people hmm. I, I can't remember what the word is where they check you out oh vet them like, that's it vet them vet, vet them they yeah. vet them where they can so if you, if you're saying I've got no money I can't do anything blah blah, blah I'm broke and then they see you go to concerts all the time they're like okay. You're, <laughs> You're not getting the program. Yeah, they yeah. want the people who need it. Yes, and I don't know anybody who has that. And again, my people who not the people who work for me, my people who do the program, mm. 
run this part of the program, which to me is just amazing, you know. And I think the, the thing is, so I know um, I, I know loads of people who do who do DDP yoga, um, and you know, be they people in wrestling or just just friends who do it, and. I don't think I've ever met. I've never. No, I, I, no, don't think. I'm certain about it. I've never met anyone who's got a single bad thing to say about it. There's a lot of people who, you know, myself included, I've done it for a while and gone away from it because of various things. How busy I've been in life, and then I've come back to it. And it's one of those things that I know I need to keep doing because it. When I've done it, I felt loads better. And I know that there's there's people I know who do it and only ever have good things to say about it. And and that, that universal positivity is it's not just coming from you. People are doing it and it's obviously catching and people want to spread the word about it, which is, you know, it is awesome. And it's like you were saying with Mick Foley, it's one of those things that, that people will go, oh, I'll have a go at it. And then and then they have a go at it for a bit. And I, I'm hoping I'm at the Mick Foley point now of I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it for, you know, an extended period of time because it's, it, it is a good thing to do. And I, I remember... Going into it thinking, oh, I'll see what this is like, and then genuinely enjoying it, and it really did make a difference. So, you know, I, I think it's super cool that you're coming back over here, and, and hopefully the, the word about it will be spread even more because that's that can only be a good thing. Awesome, buddy. Hey, man, appreciate you having me on. Anybody out there, go to ddpuktour.com. It's all there. Well, thank you, bro, for having me on and helping me get the word out, man. Not a problem at all, man. I will see you in September when you're over here, mate. I'm looking forward to it. You got it, buddy. Nice. See ya. Thanks, man. Thank you, Jimbo. Thanks, mate. Let's do another little quick reminder, right? Listen, right before I come out, right before I actually come, we do another spot like a week out or something. Yeah, not a problem at all, man. And I'll I'll keep plugging it for you, especially because with Chris being involved in it, Chris is on my podcast all the time. So we'll we'll keep it in people's um, people's eyes. Um, uh, Thanks for chatting to me, man. And I'll... um, I, I have downloaded the app. I will send you the details for that. Uh, thanks to your offer. So I'll, uh, I'll yeah, absolutely. Nice one. Absolutely. Thanks, okay, All right, buddy. Cheers, dude. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So that was WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page on Tuesday Night Jaw. Um, thank you very much, DDP, for having a chat. Um, he's he's a great dude. Genuinely, there's no there's no act with him. He, DDP is DDP all the time. Like, you go and pick him up. I've done this. You go pick him up from a hotel. Um, and he's DDP from the second he shakes your hand to the minute he's finished on stage that night. There's just a guy he is. There's no gimmick here. He is his gimmick. He's just... He's a great, great guy. Um, so, we talked about his tour of the UK at the end of the podcast. Um, genuinely, go along and see him. He's a great guy. Um, and if you're into doing DDP yoga or you want to sample it for the first time, then I'd recommend his workshops as well. So... Um, his website, if you want to see the, and he mentioned this again, but I'm going to give it you again, ddpuktour.com for all the dates. So once again, ddpuktour.com. These are the dates because he mentioned them, but we didn't give the actual dates while we were having a chat. So I'll give them to you now. Okay. That's Claudio in the background. If you heard him, apologies. So Friday, the 8th of September, he's doing a Q&A in Glasgow at the Classic Grand. Uh, Saturday, the 9th of September is a DDPY workshop between 1 and 4 in the afternoon, again in Glasgow at Kelvin Hall. Sunday, 10th of September, DDPY workshop, 1 until 4pm in Newcastle at the Benfield Centre for Sporting Excellence. Wednesday, 13th September, is a Q&A at the Frog and Bucket in Manchester, somewhere I know very well. Thursday, 14th of September, DDPY workshop, 7 till 10 at the Manchester Bellevue Sports Village. Friday, 15th September, a Q&A at the Glee Club in Birmingham. Once again, a club I know very well. 
and Saturday, 16th September, a DDPY workshop, 1 till 4 in the afternoon, Birmingham, as the Action Indoor Sports. Sunday, 17th of September, DDPY workshop, 7 till 10 at the Summers Town Community Sports Centre in London. And then finally, Monday, 18th of September, a Q&A at the Backyard Club in London, where I filmed my show My Girls last year. Uh, so that's on Monday, the 18th of September. So gets over here on the 8th of September, starts in Glasgow, finishes in London 10 days later on the 18th of September. There are all the dates. Once again, if you want to see them and get tickets, ddpuktour.com. Final little plugs from me. Again, I'd love it if you could come to my live show or if you're not going to see DDP on September the 9th. Noon, Saturday, September the 9th, live Tuesday night draw. Myself, Glenn Joseph, other guests soon to be announced. Um, I'm going to plan some pretty cool stuff. It's going to be a mixture of a round table and a list show uh, and a Q&A and it's going to be crazy. Um, so please come along to that if you happen to be around London, Saturday, September the 9th at noon, jimsporman.com slash TNJ. That's also the website you point people at if you want to get people interested in the podcast. Um, you want all the download links, list of the previous episodes, all that kind of jazz. I am at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Use the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw if you want to chat to me. Support everything on the wonderful Distraction Pieces Network because it's all good. And progresswrestling.com or demand-progress.com for all your progress-related stuff. Right, I think that's it. Thanks again to DDP for having a chat with me today. Do try and check him out while he's here in September. He is a good dude. Right, thanks for listening this week. We'll be back with more Tuesday Night Jaw next week because that's what we do. We put out wrestling podcasts. Do you know why? Because wrestling is the best. Right, I'll speak to you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.